What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What's up, Well That's Good fam? Welcome back to Well That's Good Wednesday. It is a good day. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. I'm so excited for today. I just have a sweet friend on today. Asked her to be on the podcast. She said yes. I've actually always wanted to get to know her a little bit more. And so we're going to be getting to know each other more on this podcast. And I just know you're going to be encouraged by her because I am. Welcome to the podcast, Lauren Chandler. I'm so excited for this conversation. Hey, Sadie, I'm so excited to just sit with you in my house and you at your place, I know. pretending that we're sitting over coffee. I love it. I'm just glad to have this opportunity with you. I know. I said before she got on, I said, we basically are having our, you know, coffee date. It's just with a lot of people listening. And so yeah. glad that go. we officially get to be together. I was kind of laughing with Lauren before she got on that last time we got together, we always kind of wanted to get together with her and her husband, Matt, for those of you who don't know, um, Lauren is married to Matt Chandler. They're an amazing couple. And Christian has like always looked up to Matt. That is like the person like, you know, if you have a hero, that would be like his hero. Okay. And so he always wanted to just learn from him in person. So we got to go to dinner with them. But it was like, honey was what, like two, three months. I mean, it was like early on, like early. So Mm -hmm. typically like, yeah, honey was kind of going through like a little colicky phase, but typically she'd just sleep through dinner. Let me tell you, the child did not <laughs> sleep at all. She was not having it. Not having it. She is not happy about dinner. But now we get to redeem the moment and actually have conversation without interruption. And I'm so excited. That's um, right. So but let me brag on you. Being a new mom, you navigated that so graciously and so well. Wow, and then Christian was a sweet hubby to kind of trade off on the <laughs> baby, like calming duties. And so it was, it honestly yes. felt really um, like an honor to kind of be a witness to that and to just even wow. be somebody to say, oh my gosh, I've been there. It won't always be like this. You're doing a great job. It's okay. You know? Yeah, no, honestly, that honestly meant so much to me. Like you were so nice and genuinely nice. You know, some people are like, it's fine, but you can kind of (laughs) tell that they're annoyed. But no, you were like genuinely, I've been there. Like my daughter Mm -hmm. had colic. I get it. And it made me feel a lot better. And so you're a mom out there and right now your kids are screaming and you're trying to listen to this podcast we get it we've been there and it <laughs> won't nice. always be this way um right. so thank you for that being a friend in that moment but um i gotta ask you the question ask everybody on this podcast and it's a great way to kick us off what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given so i i, I think that my serious answer to this um i have a i have a, a more lighthearted answer the more lighthearted hearted answers from my mom and it's um, like 
loading the dishwasher from the back towards the front. Like I love, it. it makes it just easier. You know how full the dishwasher is or is not. So that's kind of the practical answer. That is a great piece of advice, yeah, actually. I've I never thought about yeah. that. So then you know, wow. like if you pull it, you don't have to pull it all the way out to see, oh, is there space? You've created Brilliant. space for yourself. Anyway. Look at that. Practical advice. Okay, now, now for the spiritual, but I received that. Spiritual. Okay, good. Uh, the spiritual would be for my sweet friend, Christy Knuckles. I just have, I admired her from afar. Then I got to be a, like a real life friend to her. And uh, she just really encouraged me. I saw it with her life and her words um, to not confuse my belovedness um, as a daughter of God with um, the calling he's placed on my life. Mm. That um, I, it's more important to know that I'm beloved and, and who mm. I am and not confuse that with what I do and what he's called me to do. Wow. Um, because that who I am and him never changes, but my calling can just go through different seasons where it just works out differently. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's a little in a little smaller area and then maybe it's like expanded a bit and, um, or more, maybe it's at home and, and just at my church and, and not, you know, at a, in a broader sense. And so, um, just not confusing those two things uh, was just, so helpful and continues to be helpful now as I go through different seasons of life with um, kids and and ministry and what my husband's doing is just mm-hmm. remembering okay my belovedness in the in the Lord is secure and it never changes I'm yeah. his daughter but the assignments and the callings he gives me that'll change yes. you know but but my standing with him never changes. Wow, that's so good. And it leads me into so many things I was going to ask you, which is, I love how that happens. Like, it's so crazy because I'll prepare these questions based off of the little bit I know about someone or if I read their book or listened to, you know, whatever. And um, then it's crazy because the piece of advice that they received that meant so much to them plays into so much that they do that it like, I'm like, oh, I saw that. Like, I've seen that in you. Like, I've seen you own just you being a daughter. And one of the things I wanted to ask you was about like, Christian and I both, we were talking about you before we got on. I was like, what do you think when you think of her? And he was like, honestly, she's so humble. Like, every time we hear your name, or mention your name in like a public space, like someone will say, oh, Lauren Chandler, and they'll say like, she's the best worship leader. Like we hear that Aww. everywhere. Like she is the best worship leader. Oh, she is such a gift to worship leader. She's an anointed worship leader. And wow. it's funny because we hear so many people say that about you, but when we're with you, like I've actually never heard you talk about that. Like, I'm, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you didn't yeah. know that about you, it's not yeah. like you're like, showing the whole world that this is what I do, you know? And so um, I was going to ask you kind of where that humility comes from. And maybe it has to do with that piece of advice, but kind of where does that came from in your life? Yeah, honestly, that is where it came from. Because I think I wanted so badly, especially being married to Matt, whose gifting is so evident and like, kind of like started way back. He was 18, 19. I mean, he'd been saved like a year and then he just started like teaching and it was just so obvious he had a gift in communication and he received lots of like invitations to do that. There was just no doubt. Okay. God put him on this earth to communicate God's truth, hmm. the gospel, like in a unique way that says yeah. in his alone. And so I had 
I had other things. I have a, I have a lot of things that I love and I feel like the Lord's called me to do. But one of the things I'm probably most ma- passionate about is music and leading worship. But I wanted so badly to be defined by that. I mm. wanted people wow. to know me wow. as a worship leader, but the Lord thwarted my way in that. Wow. And I think wow. it was his kindness to me to protect me. Wow. Um, wow. Because, um, I, I, I was kind of, I felt like I was striving towards that, trying to make it happen, but I was never satisfied in it. And so it was actually meeting and um, Christy at the time that she was kind of going through stuff that really uh, brought that home for me, Um, where here's a woman who that's broadly what she's known for. And this is before this, I was still very young when I met her and, um, and, and seeing, um, She's a woman that I wanted to be, that I wanted to be known as this worship leader. Um, but she taught me how that is just, it's not enough, you yeah. know, and it's so yeah. fleeting and it's yep. so incomplete and mm. it's limiting. Yeah. Um, yeah. but to, to truly, um, just know that I'm loved by God and whatever mm-hmm. he calls me to, yep. Yep. It, it, it gives a freedom that just can't be matched when you're trying and you're striving to be known as something mm-hmm. else or, um, some kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, almost fame or, yep. or, yeah. um, label. So I don't true. know. So, I, I mean, I, I, that's very humbling for you to, to say that about me because I, I don't, I see me as Lauren, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I, yes, I lead worship and I have incredible opportunity to lead worship at if and all these other places. And I so love it. And it, it's like the Lord had to, um, take me through a season of refining so that my character could, could match what he would eventually give me. Yeah. And because it yeah. didn't, it didn't match it at first. Wow. And he needed wow. to, that's so good uh, to share. Be gracious and bring me through a fire and to thwart my striving to have me to redirect my longings yep. from yep. being known like some kind of notoriety to just being known by him. Yeah. You know, that I needed to walk through that. Yeah. And yep. it was uncomfortable. And there was a time I remember. And what was so interesting is we were traveling with Shane and Shane mm-hmm. and here they were, you know, just at that time, the worship leaders, you know, they were cranking out all this incredible music. They still are. But this was like years ago when we were in our twenties. And, um, (laughs) and I remember being in a hotel room, Matt was preaching. They were leading worship. I was their bookkeep. I was their uh, booking agent, which I'm terrible at that kind of stuff. (laughs) I was like, what am I doing? And I remember like crying out to God, like, Oh my gosh, why am I here? What? Like, I'm on the cusp of what I want to do, but I'm not getting to do it. Why, if this is what you have for me, just, um, make it happen or just take it away completely because I'm so tired of being in this in between. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the Lord, he answered me eventually, but it was, it was just this acceptance of, okay, God, one step at a time Yeah, uh, in your timing of, um, I, I couldn't stop, um, desiring to love him 
with my whole heart through worship, leading worship. I couldn't mm-hmm. stop that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, sorry, I'm just trying to search for the words, but, um, no, this is so good. He started giving me peace to just like, okay, one step at a time and being okay with some obscurity and anonymity and so that he could do some good work in the quiet hidden place before he put me out in a broader space. So that's so good. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That's honestly some really similar to what I went through too, of just like the hidden space and the private space before like the public place. And that's like what Jesus went through. Like Jesus had like all these hidden years that like we don't even know about. And then like three years of like the ministry and the miracles and everything what they see and like, man, what he did in three years. But nobody really thinks about like from 12 to 30 or whatever that we don't know. And I love like how you had that moment too, where God was like cultivating you in that space. And you're sitting here, like keeping the books for uh, Shane and Shane. Like, I don't even know if I'm even good at this. (laughs) And I feel like so many people are in that place right now. And especially in our culture and like young people, I hear so many college students say like, Oh, I'm not doing what I want to do. And I'm like, well, yeah, like you're not there yet. And like, that's okay. But with like the way that our generation is like everything happens fast for us. Like if we want something, we get it. Like it literally, if you want food, like DoorDash, you know, Uber eats, whatever. Like if you want, um, any, if you want some feedback on something you're thinking about, like post it on the gram. Like if you want uh, a ride, get an Uber, like you just get it like so fast. And that's like, just not how life is always like, especially for the things that you desire, especially the for the things that the Lord has for you, the call that's on your life or the multiple calls, like you said, the different things that he's going to walk you into, like it doesn't happen fast. And thank God it doesn't happen fast because if we got it fast, we wouldn't be ready for it. Like if God would have handed a platform to me like fast, I would have been out of this thing six months in, like if even I made it six months because I wouldn't have been ready. Like I didn't have a foundation for that yet. I didn't have tools in my toolbox, if you will. I didn't even have um, confidence yet in God and who who he was and what he was going to do. But in that time of waiting, it was like amazing that I got to build my confident trust in God so that when it did happen, I have a foundation of the word to go back to. I have a foundation in him, a heart for him and a trust in him. And so thank God it didn't happen that fast. And, you know, I look back now and I'm like, you know, even though what I'm doing now, it seems crazy. I'm like, you know, I was doing this in eighth grade when I was leading a Bible study with my friends, you know, like I I was doing this whenever I literally like would interview my teachers on the playground because I just wanted to hear about their life. Like I always had this in me Mm -hmm. and God was cultivating that, um, to bring me into where I am now. And it's cool to hear you say the same thing. Cause that was one thing I was going to talk to you about. Like I said, so cool how God Mm -hmm. works and just the things that you're saying about how like there's so many college students saying like I don't know what I'm gonna do in my life I don't know what my future looks like and there's like such an anxiety about that actually like it's there's a new phrase 
called purpose anxiety. Okay. And it's like so much anxiety over like what your purpose is. Yeah. And um, because it like freaks you out to think about that in the future. So I wanted to ask you, and I think you kind of already answered it. Like when you were 18, 20 years old, like, did you know what you wanted to do in your life? And are you doing it now? Yeah. You know, I had clues. I think there were clues. Yes. Just like you said, for you, like you were leading your Bible study in eighth grade. You're asking your teachers questions. I believe there are clues. I think about, so I have an 18-year-old daughter. She'll be 19 Mm -hmm. in February. And there have been clues about what I believe the Lord has for her, where Mm -hmm. she's always had a love for horses. She's really good with people. She make she's just a great people person. She's very, um, holds her own, like with adults. She's mm-hmm. always been able to like come have conversation with adults and people beyond her years. And, and so I feel like you can see seeds of what is coming for you by just how God made you. And, yeah. um, it, but there's still seeds, you know, it's not all they will be. Um, even seedlings, you know, when they start to sprout, don't look like what they will be. So I think, my encouragement so to my good. daughter, to to those listening that are kind of in that space of what is my purpose, um, you're you've got seeds there, things you love, mm-hmm. things that you're just you're naturally good at that you think, well, isn't everybody good at this? Isn't everybody mm-hmm. intrigued by this? Isn't everyone you know think about it this way? No, they don't. God put you together mm-hmm. that way. And so, um, but there's still seeds and so they still need soil, yep. they need water, they need the sunshine and they need time. And so doing yes. what you can to cultivate those things. And sometimes that means doing stuff that feels like it has nothing to do with what you want to do with your life. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. sometimes you have to keeping do the books. Like that. Yes. Keeping the books. Sometimes you have to do that sort of stuff at one for just humility's sake and just to, you know, get stuff done. Um, and then two, to realize, okay, this is not what I want to do. This is mm-hmm. not it. Um, but it makes you a, a more mature, uh, person and it builds character yeah. so that when what, whatever that purpose is starts to grow and you start to get a better picture of it, you're, you're ready for it. Um, yeah. and so I, I say you don't have to have it all figured out right now. Gosh, I still don't have it figured out. I don't know exactly. <laughs> Listen, I just went through a life plan this summer um, in June. I just met with my life plan guide to like yesterday saying, I feel like I'm back at square one, you know? Um, yeah. But it's just, it's always like, I do know my unique identity. I know my unique purpose, but how that's working itself out uh, changes in every season. And so it's okay. You can breathe deep, put one foot in front of the other, um, and take clues from the seeds and, and just be faithful, um, to, to, to cultivate, you know, Mm -hmm. um, your relationship with the Lord to cultivate Mm -hmm. community, to cultivate your understanding of God's word, to cultivate Mm -hmm. obedience in the small and hard things and the things that no one sees, Um, and, and yeah, I think that's what I would say to my daughter and and to other, honestly, to anyone, because I think, I don't think it's just young 20 year olds. uh, I don't think it's just young 20 year olds. I think it's 40 year olds and anyone going through any kind of transition. 
That's so true. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. And literally just want to pause for a moment and say like, if that was you that needed that, or it's not you, I'm sure you know five friends that need that right now. Because I have conversations like weekly with people saying those things. Like, I don't know what, you know, the future looks like, or I feel like God's doing this, but I'm not sure. And like, and there's so much anxiety around that. It's like, hey, just rest easy. Like, let God's peace meet you in that and just let him meet you where you're at and work work with what you got, you yeah. know, you know, keep uh, water in the seas. I, I told a story one time about how used to whenever I was little, I would, uh, every time I'd eat an apple, I'd go plant the seeds outside. <laughs> yes! But it was funny. I did yes. that too. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's just like the joy of childhood. That's faith like a child right there. That's right. I knew that apple tree was going to come. Right. But the funny, but the funny thing is, is I could never remember where I planted the apple seeds the day before. So I would just have to plant more and then I would water that one. But I never had like a consistent seed that I was continuing to water to see the growth. And I think about that sometimes. I'm like, man, you know, maybe I could have seen an apple tree grow had I really stuck with it. And I think about that in our own life. It's like, you know, sometimes it's so tempting to just like scatter seeds everywhere and like just be like, oh, I'm I'm trying to keep up with this. I'm trying to keep up with this. I'm trying to keep up with this. I'm trying to do that because I want to be known for all these things or because people, maybe this is going to help me grow or blah, 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 blah. And it's like, actually, if you would just be intentional with the seeds that you are planting and continue to go back and water them and pray over them and watch them grow, like God can do amazing things with those. And like, yes, there's something to just having the faith to just plant everywhere. And yes, God can do things through a lot of different and through scattered people. However, like (laughs) there is something to like being intentional about something that you feel God has in you and not rushing the process, just waiting and remembering, you know, remembering the placement, remembering the time, remembering to pray about that and just that intentionality. And so that's so cool that you said that. I love that. So switching gears a little bit, like I said, you're married to Matt. And y'all, you know, lead a church together, you worship, he preaches, y'all do so much in ministry, but, and a lot of people know who you are, but take us back to the beginning on how you and Matt met. And cause I think the story is just so, so fun. It's slightly scandalous, but that's okay. <laughs> um, no, it <laughs> that's all worked awesome. out. It all worked out. Um, so I was a student. It was after my junior year of high school, I went to my youth camp that summer in Colorado. It was in Evergreen, Colorado. It was just our youth group. And um, the camp speaker was a young, handsome, tall, and gangly (laughs) (laughs) man named, young man named Matt Chandler. And, you know, I I didn't want to be the girl that had a crush on the camp speaker. So I tried to fight against that. But I think what drew me to him was I had never seen anyone love Jesus or be so convinced of Jesus's love for him like Matt. And I just remember when he would preach, I was like, I want that. So I was a believer. Mm -hmm. I became a Christian. I was eight. I had, I'd really, I have one of those boring testimonies that I'm so grateful for where yes, uh, I had some little rebellious seasons, but for the most part, part, I have been, I've known Jesus as long as I can remember. And mm-hmm. so, um, Matt's story is a little different. So anyway, I meet Matt and I'm like, I want that passion. And so, um, we kind of connect at camp. He kept it, you know, 
above board. Uh, my dad was there and my little brother and, um, we can, my dad kind of connected with Matt. Um, he was like, Hey, I'm a CPA. Is there anything I can do for you? And he's like, well, we're trying to start this, uh, 501c3 nonprofit, blah, blah, blah. And that was, and my dad was like, okay, I will, um, get with this lawyer friend of mine. We'll set you up. Um, and let's just go for it. So that week, you know, I would see Matt around and, you know, I, I think, gosh, he is cute, but I don't want to have a crush on him. And it was the last night of camp and it was like the kumbaya of camp where everybody's like, you guys are the best. (laughs) Like we're friends, (laughs) friends are friends forever. And, um, it, it was around the campfire. I remember looking up across at the, uh, looking up across the fire at Matt. And I just had this invasive thought that I feel like was the Lord saying, that's your husband. Hmm. And I was like, that's crazy. I'm 17 years old. There's no way. There's no way. This is not how it works. I'm supposed to go off and go to college, get a job, then meet (laughs) the guy I'm supposed to marry. Um, And little did I know at the same time, Matt was having a similar experience. Um, He looked at me and he just was like, that's who I'm supposed to marry, which was weird for him because he's like, this is a student. But, um, so he, you know, had connected with my dad already. So he's kind of becoming a family friend. My parents invited him to stop off, uh, at our hometown on his way from Houston up to Missouri. Um, so he could break up his trip. This was after camp. So he, uh, stopped in and my parents kind of were like, Hey, why, you know, we're going to bed. Why don't y'all go, you know, out somewhere and, you know, get dessert or something like that. And so it kind of set us up on a little date, which we were (laughs) eager participants. And, (laughs) um, and then, you know, we went to Chili's and split, um, was that, that chocolate? What is it called? The, the lava molten cake? chocolate lava, whatever. Yes, y'all, y'all did it right. Because this was in Longview, Texas, and the nicest restaurant at that time that was open was Chili's. So yes, that, that's where we were. And um, that was the beginning of, gosh, so uh, started dating the summer that I was 17. And mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of tumultuous in that uh, my parents loved him. They had mm-hmm. no doubt in their mind that this was a godly man, that they wanted him to pursue me. But there was a little, um, just some drama with other people in Matt's life, honestly, who didn't like the wow. idea of us. Um, and there were people in my life that didn't like the idea of us, but they weren't people that mm-hmm. ultimately mattered or had a say wow. in it. Um, yeah. and, and I appreciate that they were concerned. They just want to make sure it was all good. Right. But... Um, I think that kind of forged our relationship even more because we were kind of mm-hmm. both hard headed and we're like, we're going to prove everyone wrong. Like we're going <laughs> to make it. And, yeah. um, and we did. And wow. it, you know, I was 19 when he got married, he was 25 and mm-hmm. it was right for us. I know it's not right for mm-hmm. everybody, but it was right for us because we ended up just growing up together. The first seven years of marriage were super hard for us. And we just had our just baggage that Mm -hmm. we didn't know how to address. And, um, we started to address about seven years in and we kind of got out of this dance that we had gotten into. And, um, it's, it's been, it was like those 
first years had to be super hard. I don't know why, but the, the, um, nearly so, uh, 15 years after that, which we've been married 22 years this past awesome. July, um, have been That's wonderful awesome. and we've gone through hard stuff, you know? And so yeah. part of me wonders if those seven hard years of marriage were just to prepare us for other types of hard things, but got mm-hmm. us on the same page and yeah. wove us together in a way that mm-hmm. we needed to be, um, like strong together, um, yeah, that's to good. make it through what was coming for us. That's so good. So like for y'all in the seven years mm-hmm. of like hard, you know, a hard marriage or whatever that looks like for y'all, I feel like, which I know there's so many people in that situation right now where yeah. they're like in a hard season of their marriage. Maybe it's been years. Um, what did that look like for y'all to kind of come to terms with like, this could be better yeah. or this is really bad. Like, because I feel like when something goes on for seven years or a couple years, sometimes like that just becomes your normal, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. did y'all know it was bad? And how did y'all kind of come to the terms of like, let's actually fight for this to be better? Because I feel like I've had conversations with friends even recently where like, they're kind of in that time where it's hard and it's like, okay, how do like, we know it's hard or we're starting to realize this could be a lot better. How do you even like engage in that conversation? Yeah. Um, if you can speak to that. Yeah, we totally can. So I, I, I will say, you know, to be in that for seven years, there was like a cycle and it was like, um, we'd get in a fight and then we'd kind of resolve it. And then it was just like keeping the peace for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we would just, I would think, oh, we haven't gotten a fight in a long time. And then we'd get in a fight and start the whole mm-hmm. cycle over And I think for us, um, it was honestly, I think we both needed to do our own kind of, um, soul care work where Mm. we needed to deal with kind of, um, some wounds in our past or some ways that we grew up, um, that were, um, and, and nothing, some of it was related to our families and some of it wasn't, some of it was just sin, you know, and patterns of sin, patterns of coping that we needed to address in our hearts. So I think we just got to the point. So to answer your question, we got to a breaking point where we were both like, we can't do this anymore. Like something has to change. Praise God you're in ministry is what I was telling that. I was like, (laughs) we told each other, I was like, praise God you're in ministry so that we would stay together and not be like, well, this isn't working. You know, uh, it was the covenant of marriage that we were like, Okay, we we believe we we believe that we are going to make it. That God has chosen hmm. you for me and me for you, and we're going to make it. But we hmm. don't want to just make it. Like we want to yeah, thrive. Yeah, that's good. And we're tired of this cycle. And I just remember being desperate and just hmm. exasperated and just I couldn't I couldn't pull it together. Mm-hmm. And so there really was one night where I was like, he kind of had his moment. I had my moment. There are different moments where we just were like, this is it. We can't do this anymore. And Mm. divorce isn't an option. So we got to go get Mm. help, some kind of help. And so we just, we got, went through counseling, um, separately went through some counseling together, but honestly going through counseling separately helped us. Mm -hmm. I know that's not great for everyone, but for us, Mm -hmm. I needed to work 
on what was going on in my heart and what yeah. I had been doing to, to cope uh, sin patterns in my life that looked prettier than his, but they were yeah. still sin. Um, yeah. And I needed to, to um, repent. I needed to yeah. um, get some healing. And yeah. that's, that's what changed. But I think for us, I, I just got to a point of just total exasperation where I was like, I can't yeah. do this anymore. And yeah. I think wow. it's easy for us, especially in our culture, to just be like, well, it just must be the other person. And mm-hmm. I'm just not with my soulmate or I'm just not with who I'm supposed to be with. And, mm-hmm. and, and just realizing, okay, that's not the option. I believe that Matt is my soulmate because I'm married to him. And that's good. there, because there was no like a, abuse happening. It really was mm-hmm. just two sinners, you know, in a marriage yeah. together who needed yeah. to just like heal and repent and mm-hmm. walk in freedom. And so, yeah. um, and so I was, you know, I, I, I realized I can't just try to find another person because like the old or the adage says, wherever you go, there you are, you know, that Mm. wherever you go, you're still bringing you and you're bringing your baggage and you're bringing your brokenness. And so, um, you know, I knew my option was not to leave, um, or to find someone else, but to, to figure Mm. out, okay, something's got to change. Wow. That's such an inspiration. Um, gosh, I'm thinking of so many people right now who are going to benefit from hearing that. It's such a cool testimony too, because like, 22 years into marriage, I mean, what an amazing thing for us to get to see, like, you're 20 years in, you have three kids, like, y'all seem to be at a great spot in your life, and I know you're always growing, and you'd say, we're always growing, yeah. we're always, you know, wanting to become better, but how great of a place y'all are at to say, like, those seven years and the hardship, and then the time, because, like, we all know, like, whenever you deal with something like that, that's a hard year to come it's just like when you have a baby like postpartum's hard like right after something like big it's gonna be hard to like the forgiveness is gonna be hard the counseling's gonna be hard but how worth it you know years later to still be married to that's right your man and to have your kids together in the home and that's just like such a huge inspiration that it's worth it It to go through the messy and the sticky and the hard conversations to get to you know the point where like you said we don't want to just make it we want to thrive And I love that. I love, um, so Mingling of Souls by your husband actually was a huge, like, help to Christian and I before we got married. We read it together right before we got married. And it was just so good for us. And I love there's this one part, and he said, like, how'd you know Lauren was the one? And Matt was like, well, you know, you're going to argue with anyone, and you have to choose who you're going to argue with. And I wanted to argue with Lauren. (laughs) And I thought that was actually so good because I think so many people are like, well, is this the one because we had this argument or whatever? And like, trust me, I can say I've had my fair share of really bad relationships where I knew like, okay, we're arguing and this is not the one. And this is just straight up unhealth. But then like with Christian, like I love him so much and like he's amazing, but we have our stuff and we had arguments and because we're two different people, you know, and and we, you know, have sinful nature at times. There are things that we do that are annoying, you know, and um, and even just in little things like Christian is like a super like content to just like chill person. And I'm always like, what's the next thing? And he's like, let's just like bring it down. And I'm like, come on. So like even in those things, there are silly arguments. But like we knew like 
even though we're going to argue with each other, we want it to be with each other. And so can you kind of speak to, um, yes, there's like seven years of like hardship, but then there's also sometimes just like silly arguments and how to like argue well and get past that. Yes. And honestly, part of how I started getting healthier and coming out of that seven years of hard was, um, I would just withdraw and retreat and never kind of come back at Matt <laughs> and not like in a disrespectful way, but just like to hold my own. I think I'd realized, yeah. gosh, you know, there's that, um, there's the proverb that, you know, is one is, uh, iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. And I think how can he sharpen with me when I keep retreating or withdrawing, you know? And so wow. I would just, um, not disrespectfully, but I would just kind of stay in my ground on some things, try to mm-hmm. communicate, uh, instead of just a lot of times what I would do is I would be like, well, he just misunderstands me. He doesn't get it. Um, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't engage him over that. And so I started yeah. engaging him over, but this is what I'm trying to say, but you're okay. You're misunderstanding me. This is it. Yeah, and same for good. him. I mean, usually it's a misunderstanding, miscommunication, or, you know, just, inadvertently hurting one another where you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I I didn't realize that that hurt you. And I'm sorry, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, we can just, yeah, you can get in arguments about little things. It's not like all, you know, roses and, and just, I don't rose petals and I don't know, whatever. It makes sunshine, rainbows, butterflies, everything. Yes. No, I mean, it's hard. And there are seasons you go through where, you know, the hard can sometimes feel like the seven years of hard, but not exactly. Like there's just mm-hmm. an edge that was taken off of that for us. But but kind of giving each other the benefit of the doubt now. Um, yeah, but that's still, so good. But still having arguments and misunderstandings for sure. Yes. That's so good. So one thing Christian and I just started doing is we started doing these little dance videos on Instagram. I love it. Which, I yeah. So people have been kind of laughing at this because like <laughs> Christian cannot dance, but it's like the best thing ever because he gives it his all. Yes. And honestly, like we laugh so hard doing that together because it's just funny. And like I genuinely have to, you wouldn't really notice in some, but I really like have to try to teach him, yeah. which is like so funny because of how many times we do it. But it's just been a way for us to like laugh together in our marriage. And like we do other funny things that like make us laugh or come together. But I think that like it's so important. And sometimes I think people think like the fun just happens in life. And yeah. sometimes it does. But a lot of times you kind of have to create the fun, you yeah, know, my totally. grandma. My grandma used to call it, she used to say like forced fun is the best fun sometimes. And my grandma would be like, okay, we're all going to play this game. And you'd be like, oh, but then it'd be like the most fun. And so it was always so good. So, you know, people might look at Matt Chandler and sometimes like he's preaching like so seriously and it's like so good and we're all behind him. And we are always like, honestly, his preaching is something that just we listen to. Christian listens every Sunday. I listen just about every Sunday. And just we learn so much from. But what is something that you and Matt do for fun? Mm Do you all have something that like makes y'all laugh together or that you do fun? Or maybe it's different and you can laugh at each other in it. Yeah, Um, I agree. So something that we did not that long long ago actually was dance. Like we... Our 12-year-old, she, so we have this river cabin that we share with friends that's like two hours away. And uh, one like weekend, we all went out there and my 12-year-old and then two of the, uh, some of the other girls of the other family 
they love to turn on YouTube and do the dance videos, you know, like from yeah. Just Dance or whatever. And uh-huh. so we took turns, like the adults doing the Just Dance video. And we died laughing. It was so fun. <laughs> I remember what was so fun was like, because our 18-year-old was even, she and her boyfriend were entering in and dancing with us. And I mean, ridiculous dances. And I remember yeah, like awesome. falling, you know, falling into bed with Matt that night and just my heart was so full. It was just fun to act like a kid again and to not take ourselves so seriously and to just enjoy one another and be goofy and be childlike again. And so, um, we do different things to, to have fun. I feel like we should do a better job of, of having fun. We need to um, read Annie Down's book. That sounds fun. So we yes, can remember that sounds fun. how to have fun again. She'll give you a fun list. She yes. will. She's oh, yeah. so good at that. Um, but the that, fun coach. That's something that uh, just recently we did that it felt good to that's be sweet. silly and laugh together. And I love yeah, that. It was good. We were talking to Louis Giglio earlier because we were talking about passion and we started talking about how Louis like, told me and Christian how like a lot of people. You know, sometimes, like, when you're young, and especially, like, in faith, like, you feel like you have to be, like, very serious, Mm -hmm. and, um, which is true, like, yes, you need to be serious about your faith, but sometimes that makes you just, like, a very, like, serious person, and, like, you can feel, like, from the outside, and if you don't quite understand, like, actually a relationship with God, but you're more religious, it can feel, like, very rigid, Mm -hmm. and um, I was telling Louie how I kind of went through that for a season, Mm -hmm. like, when I got really serious about my faith, I got, like, to be, like, a really serious person, and I kind of felt like I was, like, losing, like, the joy, like, in my life, like, sometimes, like, I was, like, losing, like, the funniness that I knew I I had, and, like, just the humor and stuff, and one day, I kind of realized, not even a day, I think it was more like a season of life, it was really dating Christian and getting to know Christian, because he's so serious about his faith, too, and, like, 100% committed to going out and making disciples and preaching to the nations, like, 100% Mm -hmm. serious about it, but also, like, reminding me, like, hey, you can have fun, too, and, like, you know, who you are is like who God has created. And actually like God created joy and like yeah. and laughter and like even dance. And also like you can have humor, but like it be like completely clean and pure and edifying. And I feel like once I realized that, I really kind of embraced like who I was originally created to be. And when I matched that with the seriousness of my faith and just the joy of the Lord, like I became such a better person. And so I think sometimes, like especially maybe for people listening, if you're if you thought like religion meant like no fun, that is not what a relationship with Jesus is like. It's, it's actually like the abundance of fun in the most pure way. And so I love that we get to talk about that. The last thing I want to ask you is a question I actually asked Christian and his mom the other day. We were in a we were in a car on a little bit of a drive, and I was looking out the window. And I was just like, what's the coolest thing God's ever done in your life? Mm. And it was so such a good conversation because, of course, we couldn't name one. We ended up talking for like an hour about it. And then even when we stopped at the gas station, had an amazing God moment with a the person there. And it was like, that's another cool thing. Yes. It's just cool to think like that, to remember his faithfulness and the times that he did amazing things. And when you read the Bible, even like, you know, when you read about all the people walking around in the mountain, all the Israelites, it's like, sometimes you're like, how did you forget like that God like 
made it rain manna and he split yeah. the sea but it's so easy to forget when you don't constantly like choose to remember and tell the stories and pass the stories on and mm-hmm. so i would love to hear something in your life that god did that you just thought was so cool um so i, I immediately thought of this story in particular and it happened not that long ago i um we were going through just a, a dark season. It was just hard. I would say mm-hmm. for me personally, starting in 2018 through mm-hmm. about mm, probably uh, late 2020. And mm-hmm. um, it was just hard. It was a hard season. I was like, are we supposed to be doing this? You know, I was questioning a mm-hmm. lot of where God had us. And mm-hmm. there was hard things happening inside our home with one of our kids. And... Um, I just remember that was the one, that was the part that really was the hardest for me mm-hmm. was, was going through that. And I remember, um, there were times that I was like in our kitchen and I would have, uh, like worship music blaring and I would just be praying and, and singing and crying out to God on behalf of my kid and just like at my what's in, like, Lord, I don't know what to do. I, I need you to come through here. Um, and so at the, around the same time, so I would say, gosh, uh, probably January of 2019, I had, I'd seen this field of, okay, back up in 2018, like in the spring, I had seen this field of red poppies, uh, on this drive out in the country. And it was so stunning that I literally gasped when I saw it. And I was like, I want those red poppies. I want to grow those red poppies. I need them now. And so, um, I found a packet of red poppy seeds and I planted them like in early 2019, hoping that they would come up um, you know, later that spring, like in April, May. And, um, I remember planting them and I remember like April, May, just watching it. I would go out there and I would just look for anything that kind of looked like a poppy growing. (laughs) Never saw anything, nothing ever grew. So that was, you know, April, May, 2019. Um, and that was in the midst of, of, of a hard year. And then, um, early 2020, I mean, that was, that was horrible for everybody. 2020 was just mm-hmm. a weird, yeah, strange year. It's still strange in 2021. Um, but, um, I, it, things probably intensified from February to, to March, um, with this, with this kid. And I was just, um, uh, like I said, at my wit's end. And then there was something changed at the end of March. And I started to see a change in that kid. And I was like, praise God, like there, I see a Mm -hmm. glimmer of hope, like just a spark of something Mm -hmm. happening. Lord, would you just blow on that spark? And, um, it was like late April and I was looking out my kitchen window and I'm an, I'm an avid bird watcher and I have a pair of binoculars (laughs) by my kitchen sink so I can look out my kitchen window at my bird feeder and in this pasture, um, behind our house. I saw this bright red thing wow. and I thought, oh, is that a cardinal? And then I thought, no, it's like, looks like it's sitting on a blade of grass. So it'd be too heavy. That wouldn't make sense. And then I get my binoculars out and I look and I'm, I gasp again. And wow. I ran out there as fast like it was a Sunday morning. My kids are like, where did mom go? Uh, we were trying to get ready for church. And I ran out there as fast as I could 
And I saw this one big poppy blooming right there. And there was like a stream of sunshine coming straight down on it. And I just started crying and danced. I literally danced like arms in the air, like, thank you, God. Because I felt like what that poppy represented, it was like he was saying, those tears that you sowed, those prayers that you sowed in tears, like Mm. were like those seeds, those poppy seeds. You entrusted them to me. You planted them. You waited. And I brought the bloom at the right time. But So I had to wait for him. I had to wait for his timing. I I thought I would see it sooner, and I I didn't. But I did see it, and he did come through. It wasn't in my timing, um, but he did come through. And so that's been kind of a a God, just a, a sweet, I feel like a hug from him where it was like, he said, I see you, I hear you, and I've got you. Wow. Wow. Come on. That is so cool. So I like have chills just thinking about that. Oh, God, he's so intentional and how it's so cool because he's the creator of us and even like nature. And so yeah. the fact that he could time it so beautifully that yeah. like the minute one of your children is kind of having this breakthrough, there comes the breakthrough in the ground, showing that like growth is happening, like things are changing. It's a new season. That's like the coolest thing ever. I just am so excited for people to listen to this podcast because I know so many things that you said, people personally in my life right now who need to hear them. I need to hear so much of what you said. I mean, from so many standpoints, from personal callings to marriage to kids and everything, just like your faith in all of it is so beautiful and your transparency for the hard things and the good things is just absolutely beautiful so I feel like I kind of forgot we were doing a podcast and I was having coffee with you and I'm thankful for that friend thanks for being on and sharing your story sharing your heart and just giving us your time because I know for a fact people will be changed by this and I'm so excited thanks lady I appreciate it